0: Welcome to episode 11 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Michelle Musgalli, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine.
1: Hola, podcasters. I'm Kristen Harm, the Associate Editor of Farm Exec Magazine.
0: Pharmaceutical Executive Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the c So, Kristen, what are we talking about on today's episode?
1: Well, Michelle, we have a really stimulating and motivating interview with Solomon Wilcox today. He has a really unique perspective on health and science and business as well. Um, Solomon, for anybody who doesn't know, is a former NFL star, a broadcaster, and currently he's working as the team leader of the Sports Health Alliance with Russo Partners.
0: So we talked about everything from how the NFL has become the target of all the criticism when it comes to CT issues and concussions, how lessons on the playing field translate to the boardroom,
1: professional athlete We'll be back with Solomon after a quick break. Hey, Michelle, have you gotten your nominations in for Pharmasex Emerging Pharma Leader yet?
0: Oh, no, I keep forgetting. I can't ever remember the link.
1: Oh, no worries. The link's really easy. It's just com slash leaders2018. 2018 like the year? Yep, 2018 like the year. Go to the page right now and nominate yourself or someone else.
0: Awesome. I will do it right after this podcast.
1: Hello, hello, listeners. Michelle and I are excited to host former NFL star and Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Solomon Wilcox today. He's currently team leader of the Sports Health Alliance with Russo Partners. Welcome to the Farmers Podcast, Solomon.
2: Well, thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to be on with you today.
1: We're super excited. Um, to start us off, for those who are not familiar with who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, um, I played uh, seven years in the National Football League. I've worked for the last 25 years as a broadcaster covering a number of different sports, but primarily uh, the NFL covered several Super Bowls and currently working with Russo Partners um, as their Sports Health Alliance team leader, um, and we're having a lot of fun doing it.
0: That's great. Uh, So you're actually involved in multiple pharma initiatives involving pro athletes and former pro athletes. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in this type of work and the work that you're doing.
2: Well, it was simple. Uh, Through a good friend and the president of uh, Russo Partners, David Scholl, I was asked to um, sort of brainstorm and sit in on a meeting um, to help uh, to see if we could help create a campaign Um, to draw patients into a clinical trial for an Alzheimer's drug. Um, Now, we all know that Alzheimer's is not the same as CTE, but there are some correlating um, uh, things there that we felt that we could tie the two together. We could use athletes and bring them in as influencers to help people understand the importance to participate in clinical trials and that no new drugs or treatments will make it to the market without uh, those clinical studies. And so we were able to do that. We were able to enroll 1,400 patients in 11 months um, and create an award-winning campaign. And that was the beginning of, of what we've been able to do over the last few years.
1: One example of how you're connecting athletes and companies is the launch of a CTE blood test study for exosome sciences. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yes, uh, Exosome Sciences and Athlon Medical, along with the investigative laboratory TGen, um, in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, the CEO of Exosome Sciences is Jim Joyce, and we're working together to really try to verify, um, the Tauzone Zone biomarker and to see if it's a, there is a direct link, uh, to the Tauzone Zone biomarker and CTE. If it's proven through this clinical study um, that there's a direct correlation, that this gives us an opportunity to be able to detect CTE in living subjects. As you well know, right now CTE cannot be detected, uh, but only posthumously, post-mortem. And so this is an important clinical study when it comes to the detection of CTE.
1: That's amazing. Um... What's interesting is that some, not all, but some of these players have been volunteering to tell their stories, and some of these aren't even paid endorsements. I think you have an example of that with a project you worked on with Super Bowl MVP Terrell Davis for Alder Biopharmaceuticals, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. And obviously uh, Alder Biopharmaceutical was working on um, a drug to treat. Uh, migraine, and obviously, you know, we have to embark upon this as if it's an educational campaign to help people to understand that migraine is not just a headache; it's something much more debilitating. And so, we wanted to educate um, employers as well as the patient population uh, how much our um, our domestic uh, gross product, how much it is affected by lost days of work and lost days of productivity, and Terrell Davis was able to come in and help explain that to someone who's a high achiever who helped uh, his team win a Super Bowl. But in that Super Bowl, he was stricken with a migraine. He tells that story, and uh, he was able to come back and help his team win the Super Bowl. He actually won MVP. He went on to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But his story is very personal, and it resonates with patience. To help them to understand the importance to get these drugs and treatments to the marketplace, it really shed light on the great work being done at all the biopharmaceuticals. So that's just one of the examples of how athletes serve as influencers by telling their own personal stories that really helps bring more eyeballs and attention to these new products and treatments.
0: It's interesting. Um, I actually get I get really bad migraines as well, so uh, it's nice to see a campaign around that um, because people don't realize how much it can impact you. Uh, So so tell Uh, us, why are these athletes who are endorsing products like, you know, typically endorsing products like soft drinks, earbuds, travel apps, you know, getting so involved in the pharma and biotech sectors? Why is it important to them?
2: Well, that's a good question. Athletes have really always been heavily participating in health and wellness simply because athletes will do anything to get back into the game. Uh, When Tom Brady tore his ACL and his MCL in his left knee uh, back in 2008, um, you know, he had to work hard. He understood that there was new technology in there to help him get back into the game. He was willing to take advantage of, of what the doctors could provide, and it has allowed him to go on and add Super Bowl rings to his collection. Same with Drew Brees, who's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Back in 2005, he tore his labrum and rotator cuff, had a 360-degree separation and total dislocation in his throwing shoulder. Dr. James Andrews told him that he would need to rehabilitate that throwing shoulder for the rest of his life. If it were not for these athletes and their desire to get back into the game Many of the drugs, treatments, and new technologies in health and wellness uh, would not have been tested or come to the forefront without some of these athletes boldly saying, you know what, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do anything to get back in play. Tommy John was a pitcher for the Dodgers, and he ended up having a surgery um, to fix uh, what was a uh, replace an ulnar collateral ligament and it's throwing elbow. Tommy John, after that surgery, went on to pitch 14 more seasons in Major League Baseball. And so it is uh, that surgery is now named after Tommy John. It's called Tommy John surgery. So in some ways, athletes have always served as influencers in this space because many of us will do anything
0: to get back into the game. That makes total sense. Um, yeah, it's just getting a little bit more attention now. So because you sit at this interesting intersection of football and medicine, we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about concussions, CTE, brain injuries, and the NFL. Uh, one could argue that before the National Anthem issue came into play, this was a decent PR problem or PR issue for the parents. So what role do you think the league should play in this issue? What are they doing to address this? And in your opinion, do you think they're doing enough?
2: And, you know, unfortunately, uh, CTE and concussions have been sort of linked and sort of tied to um, the NFL. Uh, for some reason, you know, they play football in college at the NCAA level, and for some reason you don't hear people tying and are linking the issue to college football. You don't hear people linking the issue to boxing or to MMA fighting or even to hockey, where there are – High level of concussions, but some for some reason or another, people have tied this issue solely to the NFL. And I don't think it's the NFL's job to go out and and, and assuage people's concerns when it comes to CTE. I don't think the NFL has to own it. I do think they have a responsibility to um, create better safety measures for their players within the game. Make sure that they're treating players. Um, rightly and safely and effectively when they have concussions. And I think it is in that part that they need to lend a helping hand. They've already donated millions of dollars to research when it comes to concussion and CTE. So I think they've done their part, but I think they need to maybe do a better job of messaging and helping the people understand um, that CTE is not an NFL problem that it is a complete health problem within the world of sports, wherever we're, we're seeing high collision, whether it's in NASCAR racing, whether it's in hockey, whether it's in boxing or MMA fighting, that we all need to band together to try to help uh, answer many of the questions surrounding the CTE issue.
0: That's a really interesting point that you made. Um, it, it's not just the NFL, but it has been fully tied to the NFL. Why do you think that is?
2: Well, I think the NFL, there's no doubt that they get the highest ratings of any sport um, in America. Um, more people are watching it. More eyeballs are glued to it. Um, the last 10 Super Bowls, you've seen well over 100 million viewers watch each of the last 10 Super Bowls. The ratings are enormous. And the NFL does a really good job with uh with fan viewership and engagement, whether it's social media platforms, you name it. And so I think the fans, you know, because there's such a large volume of them, I think they've spoken about it. I think they want to see the players protected. it. Um, they don't want to see the players come down with concussion. And when a player does come down with a concussion and then three plays later, he's back in there when just a moment ago he was woozy, it raises concerns, it raises questions. So I think because of the NFL's popularity and the things that I've just mentioned, I think they've been thrusted to the forefront of the issue.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it's fair, but it, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so looking down the road, you know I'm going to ask you to pull up your crystal ball so you know 10, 20 years down the road, when we're sitting here on this podcast again talking about this issue, um, what do you what do you want the headlines to be? what do you what progress do you hope we make? in this area um, as both athletes, you know, the sports arena, and health? Like, what are the things we want to, you hope, you see? I
2: I hope that we're able to test for tau zone levels uh, for the tau protein, and when that is evident um, in whether by um, urine tests, saliva tests, or blood tests, that we can detect the uh, level of tau zone protein in one system to really understand that this is a person that's, okay, that is susceptible um, to CTE because he has a high level of tau protein in the blood, and that we can be more proactive and treat athletes or individuals prophylactically, in other words, before there's a problem, and begin to treat them so that we can detect in living patients, uh, if there's a concussion, we should be able to detect and get a real good fix on their zone protein levels and be able to hold those athletes out of competition until we see those levels come down, therefore um, totally eradicating the issue of CTE and not seeing um, any kind of neurodegeneration in our athletes as they grow older.
1: So, Solomon, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about leadership in business. You made a career pivot from being a football player to be a broadcaster. Currently, we're seeing pharmaceutical executives make similar career pivots uh, into C-suite positions at biotech and then academic types entering the commercial and business landscape. So it's a slightly different mindset from one job or industry to another, even if they're, you know, they're related. So what was your secret to making such a successful career change? And what do you tell others facing a situation like this?
2: Well, first of all, I think anything that you're going to do, you have to have um, tremendous passion and a tremendous heart um, to want to make a difference. I think it all starts with that. And I think if you are prone to um, finding solutions, if you have a curious mind about getting answers to life's problems and and um, creating solutions to problems then you're going to be a curious uh, reader. You're going to be curious about the work that you're doing. And so when you find those solutions, you're going to be passionate about sharing those solutions with others. And, and I think it is the foundation of any successful career, regardless of the industry. Um, we all uh, are going to work hard to get the accreditation needed. Um, that would qualify us for the job, so to speak, Uh, taking care of the academic requirement. But after that, the most important things are effort, energy, and enthusiasm. So if we're passionate about what we're doing, we come to work every day with an energy or with an effort and with a certain amount of enthusiasm that really allows others around us to enjoy the work because we're enjoying the work. And at the end of the day, we're going to get things done. And, and if we're helping people on top of that, I can't think of any better job. When you come to work, you have such great energy, such great enthusiasm, and at the end of the day, you're helping people. You're solving problems. Uh, when you're doing that for a living, I don't even know if we can call it a job. <laughs> and that's, that's the kind of work everyone should be doing. I think that's critical whenever you're looking for the next step or the next thing Uh, make sure that those components are part of it.
0: That's some great advice. Thanks. You know, in football, it's not just about you. We're really any team sport. It's not just about you. You walk onto a field in football and have 10 other people relying on you to do the job you're good at doing. So how do the teamwork lessons that you learn on the field or in athletics and sports translate to the C-suite or the boardroom?
2: Well, I I can tell you right now, this is why I think sports is really important. I just don't know a lot of other places where you can go in your youth, for instance. uh, When you're playing youth sports, uh, you're going to learn things that really do prepare you um, for what comes later in life. But uh, if you're participating in athletics, you can learn these things early. You learn um, how to work hard to achieve um, the things that you want. You learn how to work hard to achieve your goals. And you learn that you have to rely on others, uh, that you can get more done through unity than through individual separation. You learn how to achieve and still remain humble. You learn how to endure struggles and how to overcome adversity and failure or injury and knowing that it's not the end. just because you may have a momentarily uh, setback that you can bounce back and overcome it and still achieve your goal. Uh, but learning how to uh, succeed in the framework of a team structure, I think is vitally important. It's good to learn early that it's not all about me. You learn accountability. You learn how to share in the reward, but still accept ownership when things don't go well. And we always have a saying, teamwork makes the dream work. Well, that works. That All the stuff that we're talking about works across any industry. Um, it, it works you know, on whatever job you're on, whatever um, environment that you're working in. You're going to have to learn to work well with others. You're going to have to learn that, um, you know, maybe you do do a lot of work, but so does everyone else. And you're going to have to learn to work well with other people, not have to take all the credit. We learn all these things early in youth sports. And I wish more of us carried it on into our personal lives and to our private work lives as well. But uh, those are just some of the things that I think you can learn um, early on that still carries on, uh, whether you're a CEO or a chief operating officer or a chief financial officer. It still applies.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true. As you say, it really just does work across every industry. Um, it's just really good business advice for everybody to take. Uh, you're working with some of the most talented minds in the health business, uh, the Tom Brady's of the pharma industry will say. What do you find most interesting about these biopharma leaders?
2: What I find most interesting is that they're brilliant. <laughs> they're, they're very smart, um, very talented, very focused. Um, and uh, it, it just really it helps me because I'm learning so much. Remember, we talked about being curious, having a curious mind. Um, I'm a, and you know, they love talking about their science and I love listening. So it, it makes for an interesting room, um, because they love talking about, you know, their life's work. I'm learning a whole heck of a lot. And, um, I just think that we are in a better place. Uh, the world is much better. You know, I, I spent most of my career covering. You know, quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and why they deserve a lot of credit for their work, I don't know that they should be any more of a household name uh, than some of the people, uh, smart doctors and sciences and research specialists that are bringing life-changing drugs and treatments to the marketplace. We should know their names just as well as we know the names of some of our, our athletic stars. And so um, that's what we're here to do. We're here to change all that. I'd love to see the day when our research specialists will bring some of these tremendous treatments and solving some of the life's most difficult health problems when uh, the scientists that are doing that um, are just as big a household names as some of our sports stars are.
0: That would be um, amazing for some of these guys. They really are bringing life-changing treatments
1: to the world.
0: Um, I actually just got back from bio. We're recording this a week after. I just got back from bio, and I was listening to those scientists and those people that you're talking about, and they are. You're right. They're so passionate, and they love to talk about their science. And I'll admit, some of it was way over my head, but I was very interested in actually hearing what they had to say. So you make some great well, points about that.
2: Well, well, what I can do for you is this, this is how I like to start, and I tell people – that there's nothing more important than our health. And we all love sports. I come from a sports background. But still, even to the athlete who is chasing that dream, he can't get it done if he's not healthy. And so when I think about our health, uh, I think about what Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence when he says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, think about it. You can't pursue life, liberty, or happiness if you're sick. If you're not healthy, you can't pursue your life dream. For those who are fighting cancer, they'll tell you. They've had to stop down, say, look, let me go fight this cancer, then I'll come back and do this. And so for many of us who are fortunate enough to be healthy every single day and go to work and fulfill our goals and our life's dreams and ambitions, the only reason why we can do it is because we're healthy. So we really do need to give more recognition to the people who help us uh, stay healthy and help give us the tools to do so.
0: I could not agree with you more. Um, So as we wrap up here, um, you know, throughout this podcast, and obviously just even now, um, it's hard not to notice how passionate you are about health. Um, what drives your passion and why has it been so important for you to encourage others to, you know, come on our podcast, to work with Russo Partners on this alliance, to, you know, reach out, use your influence to get other athletes to come and work on these projects with you. Why has that been such a passion of yours? Good
2: question. You know, I really do believe that, the more education we have, the more we understand, the better health choices we can make. Uh, when we have greater understanding, we make better health choices for ourselves. Um, I played in the National Football League uh, for seven years. Now, that was some time ago. I, I played in a league at a time when you could walk into the training room uh, to get ready for practice, and you could dip your hand in a bowl of Advil and pop as many as you want. There was no instruction that came with that. No team trainer said, hey, you know, that ibuprofen, if you take too much of it, it could be bad for your kidneys. <laughs> no one ever stopped to say that. I mean, I, we lived in a time where um, you could do almost anything and take almost anything, and it was not even taken seriously. And now we're living on the back end and we're seeing the ravages of what happens when we don't take health seriously. And so as an athlete, Um, We all know that we need our health in order to go out and play. And I began to say, you know what, maybe instead of trusting the doctors implicitly, maybe I need to educate myself. I need to learn a little bit more so that I can ask better questions, so that I can force them to give me better answers, and I can make better health choices for myself, okay? And so that's the reason why we're here. We're here to create educational campaigns to bring uh, more light and more attention um, to the products and services of, of our clients, but at the end of the day, to provide education for the patient population so they can make better health care decisions. We believe if they're better informed, they're going to make better decisions.
1: That's excellent. Thank you for taking the time to speak to our listeners today. You have some really great business advice across like every industry. And I especially love when you talk about how some scientists should be a household name just as much as our sports idols. Thank you so much for your unique insight. We really appreciate it, Solomon.
2: uh, Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks again.
0: And now it's time for this week's leadership tip from Pharma Execs.
2: Hello, this is Solomon Wilcox here, former NFL defensive back and former NFL analyst. Currently, with Russo partners with my leadership tip of the day. Nothing great can be done without effort, energy, and enthusiasm. Talent does matter, but at the end of the day, if you're not enthusiastic, energetic, and bringing great effort to work on a daily basis, it's going to be difficult to achieve your goals, dreams, and aspirations. So remember, remain passionate about what you do, and remember the three E's effort, energy, and enthusiasm.
0: Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on.
1: Remember that you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com on Twitter at Farmexec, or on Instagram at Farm Executive and on YouTube, The views expressed on this podcast
0: do not reflect the views of Farm Exec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director lisa. Henderson at ubm.com and for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at todd.baker at ubm.com